Yeah, it happens. I will. Since I have the microphone, we're going to talk about my shooting average. Now, see, is there, yeah, it's funny you said that. That's part of the conversation. So we go, uh, Brian invited me to go. They need another shooter, and I got, got the chance to go quail hunting again. So we go, we get on the second covey, and it's usually five or six birds, you know, in a covey. And we get up there, and, and the guide's here. I'm on the left, and then Brian and, and a guy named Bill are on the right. And uh, the bird, you know, the guy gets the birds up. Five birds get up. Two go to the right. Brian shoots, bam, one bird. Bill shoots, bam, another bird. Three are coming left. Man, boom, boom, boom. I killed all three of them with three shots. I was like, whoo! Got the preacher on the phone. I called him. I said, hey, Brother Robbie, you on speakerphone? We out here in the woods? He goes, it don't count if I wasn't there. I said, I got three witnesses. I mean, I got full of myself. My head was this big. We got the next covey. Two birds came my way. I shot five times, and I think they're still flying to Pinetta. <laughs> the, the, the guide, Mr. Phil, he's a real good, godly man, real, real soft-spoken. He looked at me, he goes, you might have called a preacher a little early. <laughs> I, think he started pra- I think he started praying against my shooting, or either God was, God was getting on me about my pride, because... The next two times I shot, I didn't hit nothing. But then after that, we, we, got, we picked it back up. So, Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got on a wild covey. That's, that was me and that, – that was a different hunt I was talking about. Uh, yesterday, me and Melissa and, and Cash were out there, and we had put out some birds, and we were training the dogs. And we got over there, and one bird had flew over here. And my setter had went over and pointed, and I was like – I was just like – I had walked. It was hitting hot, and I done walked way over there. And – um. I got over there, and I just, like, just went in the bushes, you know, just trying to get the bird up, and let's get this over with and get over here. When I did, about 20 wild birds, and they, they make a lot more noise than these other birds. They just, and I mean, they got up, and I was just like, good night. And she, Melissa's like, why didn't you shoot? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but there was like 20, I mean, it was just like, I was like, are we on a TV show right now? What just happened? But... That was crazy. Y'all pray for me. We, we got in a quail pen yesterday and found an egg. My wife is, has taken to it. And so now, now we have an egg in my house. I guess we're raising quail. You need to tell Brother Harry, look out. We're raising quail too now. She's done named it Quinn, or if it's a girl, it's going to be Quinny. And uh, we're throwing away a pillow. I said, what is that? She goes, well, Cash's, my pillow was, was ripped, so we're throwing it away. I got some cushion out, so we got a quail egg up there on Mike Lindell's, my pillow, <laughs> laying up on the kitchen counter. <laughs> oh, we're getting a heating lamp now. I said, my gosh. That, that egg might roll off the counter. Egg, omelet for one. <laughs> it almost came to breakfast this morning. A little quail, a little, a little special, specialty. But uh, no, that was fun. That would be the one time I shot good and then the preacher wasn't there. That's how it goes. But it's all right. We still killed, I think, 43 out of 50. So we're not complaining about that day. All right. Let's go over the announcements and then we'll get into our lesson. Um, I think, yeah, Brother Robbie's got to preach twice today. Um, the app. Miranda wanted me to tell you, some of y'all were calling her 
because you couldn't sign up for the breakfast. On these events, she's going to cut it off a few days before the event to give us time to prepare for the amount of people. So what we need y'all to do is sign up, you know, probably as soon as they start announcing it, go ahead and sign up. Because she, yeah, I think she did cut off on Thursday. That way we, we see, I bought the food on Thursday. So if you sign up Friday, that didn't do me any good, which I cook a little extra all the time. But still, we, we would like everyone to try to sign up ahead of time. And that's why if you had trouble signing up on Thursday and Friday, we had already cut that event off. That way we can pre prepare for the amount of people that we had. And like I said, I, I, you know, I'm learning it too, guys. So you're not the only one if you're having problems. It wouldn't even let me in it the other day, and it called me Josie. I was like, nope, that's my niece. It's not me. So I don't know why my name was Josie the other day on there. Um, the Baked Potato Bar is the uh, Ladies Fellowship. It is Monday, March 6th at uh, 6.30 at the Yacht Club. Most of y'all have seen it. It's right around 41 there. As soon as you go through the red light, it's right there on the right. It's pretty easy to find, y'all. Shouldn't have it. All the little sailboats are parked there. If y'all have never been there, that's kind of a good landmark to look for. A nice little uh, building there right on the water, y'all. Y'all should have a good time. So if there's any leftover, me and Brother Rick was up there in the choir talking about a loaded baked potato. Sound pretty good. We might have to swing by. Um, the uh, Better Church Retreat. Uh, this is just about you becoming a better... Christian, a better church member, a better husband, a better wife, a better, just, just a, a way to grow and become better uh, in your walk uh, and in your faith. So Jason Holly and his wife, Miss Tiffany, will be down. They do a tremendous job. Um, they're a lot of fun. Y'all, everyone should have a good time. Um, we're actually, we already had something planned. We're not going to be there, but, um, it, you know, it's still, you know, it's going to be great. So I can't answer all the questions, but Brother Matt, I think, is, um, him and Mr. Rander are heading that up, so any questions, just run it through them. It's March 17th and 18th, $30 a person. Um, seating is limited. I think they got that for, a, I think they got it booked out for 100 people, I think because of the first night and different things. They're trying to figure out the food and all. So if you're going to go, go ahead and sign up, and you're getting way more than $30 worth because you're going to eat that night at the uh, Hilton for a dinner. And then you're going to have, I know the men are going to have breakfast served, and we're going to shoot, and then they have lunch served and have a, um, a, a breakout session out there at Southwind. And I think the girls are going to Jesse's Easton Treats, I think is one of the stops, and doing some other things downtown, some shopping and all. Shopping is not included. I'm glad my wife's not going on that. Oh, she, yeah, trust me. She meets her quota every month. Um, the Join the Calvary uh, welcome party. Uh, if, you, if you're new here and want to get to know more about the church and, and you're thinking about joining the church, this is a good thing to go to. There's a lot that you don't know about the, um, I guess, the, the growth of this church, where it came from, where it was when it started, where the preachers came from, you know, what, what's his story. You just get a lot of information that might take you years to learn just from talking to people in the congregation. You'll get it all in this, you know, what, what fundamentals we stand on and we don't waver from and different things like that. So it's a really good class if, if you're new here and haven't been coming along to go through and get, get, get that, um, that close relationship and knowing the preacher and all. So that's a very good thing. So I, they're waiting until they get, a, I guess, a certain amount, and then they'll set the date on it. And then your spiritual gifts class. Um, if you're wondering what your spiritual gifts are, it's coming soon. 
sign up on the church app. If you've never done this, you really need to. It's amazing. We did it when we went through uh, preacher college. But it, it's like a, and, and you're like, oh, no, i got to take a test. Trust me, I hate tests, and this one's okay. So it's, it's probably 200 questions, isn't it, like 180 or 200 questions? And it's simple questions like, yeah, are you organized? Are you this? Are you this? You do, what would you do in this situation? Or what do, you be, you know, what do you think about this? It's just very simple. It's not like something you have to study. You just, it's to read your personality. And after you take it, it'll show what your spiritual gifts were. And it, it is, it's really funny. Like, like Brother Robbie says, he scored really low on mercy. But like 70 or 80% of the church scored high on mercy. And that's how it balances, you know, in different things. And like my highest one, I think, was administrative which uh, anybody that's in business or does anything like that, you'll score high on that because of organization and, you know, planning skills, stuff like that. And then um, I think one of mine was profit, calling people out. Well, it's not really calling people out, but, you know, if you believe it, like, you're not going to be moved from it. Like, this is what I, you know, I believe Jesus died on the cross, and I'll stand right here until, you know, this building blows up, and I'm not going to change that that's what happened. You know what I mean? So that's, that's the prophet, and then uh, I think ex- um, maybe evangelist or something like that. Like, you know, y'all know I talk to everybody I see. My wife gets on to me at gas stations because she can hear me all the way across the thing. You do. You came up to me at Bucky's and said, I heard you all the way across that store. I tell people about Jesus. <laughs> but it, I'm telling you, you will really... Once you realize, that was the biggest thing is because when I started, I had no background in church. So I didn't know, you know, sometimes if you don't know, you don't know where you fit in. You're like, well, I don't, and then you, you take that test, you're like, oh, well, no wonder. This is, this is no wonder that works for me. That, this is what I need to do. This is what my personality is strong at. So this is what I'm going to do, and, and it works out. It, it's just, once you realize what your personality really means for what you can use it for for god it'll it'll just streamline everything you do and it it's really it's really good so i'm thinking about taking it again just just to go back through it but um it's a good thing if you hadn't done it really really take the opportunity to go through that spiritual gifts class and that's all the announcements um trying to think that's all that for now we're going to be in proverbs today I was, we were going kind of to Second Timothy and, and Titus area, and then the preacher got on that Wednesday. I was like, okay, we're going to go in a different direction. So I was like, all right, Lord, where do you want me to go? And Melissa's grandmother, the sweetest woman you ever see in your life, she, she reminds me of, of, I don't know, kind of like the Queen of England. And uh, she just, she's always like just dressed perfect, and she just acts so, she's a little old bitty woman. And uh, was she, 92 almost 93, been teaching Sunday school for 70, what, what they give her awards, 70 years. She's been a Sunday school teacher, still singing in the choir. She wears her little blue, like, pantsuit thing, and I mean, just, I mean, just elegant, you know, it just, and I mean, I've, she has looked the same. I've known her for, what, 15 years or something now? It's like, she's never looked that perfect, and it's like, that's just amazing. And so, in my birthday card, she wrote me Proverbs, 5 through 10, or chapter 3, 5 through 10. I read it, and I was like, that'd be an awesome lesson. I was like, hey, Anila, here we go. So this is, this is from Miss Elsie and the Lord. But um, we're going to read, I'm going to read through, let's see, Proverbs chapter number 3, and we're going to, 
I'm going to read 4 through 10, but uh, we're going to study 5 through 10. I'm just going to go back one more. And uh, this is a book, they said Solomon wrote most of this. There was two other writers that wrote some of it, but Solomon wrote most of, Solomon wrote most of it. I was thinking the other day, it's funny, like I talked last time of how your actions can change generations. And it's like, I taught a while back, you remember, like Samuel followed the Lord to make sure he picked the right son, which was David, which was Solomon's son, you know, dad. So it's like, if Samuel wasn't done what he was supposed to do for the Lord, then David wouldn't have been the king, you know what I mean? It just, it's funny when you look back at your life and, and lives in the Bible of how much of a chain of events, you know, it all hooks together. It's just, it's amazing to me. And uh, I look forward to the way God's changing my life and, and, the, and my son's lives and, and people I come in contact with. So uh, before we get started, let's pray. Lord, thanks for this day. Thanks for the opportunity to come teach your word, Lord. Thanks for a good turnout at breakfast, Lord. And thank you for all the help I got, just all the hands that prepared it, Lord. Just bless their hearts, Lord. Bless their lives. Lord, be with all the ones on the prayer list. I know we have a prayer team praying for them every day, Lord, and I thank you for those people that do that. Um, Lord, be with all the other Sunday school teachers as they bring the word this morning. And uh, in your name, Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's start reading in uh, verse number four. It says, So shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and morrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses um, shall burst out with new wine. We'll start right here in verse number five. One of the first words in that, it is the first word, trust. That means to rely on him. That's one of the things that I struggle with, and, and I'm sure other people do. It's like, we have to trust the Lord. There's uh, so many times, I, I'm, that, I'm, I'm a problem solver. I'm, I'm, you know, if something ain't working right, we got to fix it. We got to, you know, sometimes there's struggles in your life that you're supposed to go through. And that's the hardest thing, you know, everybody... You know, you get saved and you're like, why am I having all this stuff going up against me? You've got to trust the Lord. And I tell people that. I said, if you're not running head on with the devil, you might be running with him. So uh, you better look at your life there sometimes. Because I saw, sometimes you go on that mountaintop, you're like, all right, better put my seatbelt on. We fix to go down the other side, you know. Because sometimes it's like that. You grow in your struggles. And that, that's where you, you look to God the most. So we've got to learn in our lives, in our struggles, and in our walk, we've got to trust and rely on him. Um, let's see, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understandings. Don't depend on your own instincts, your actions, you know. Don't fight, don't have road rage, don't get all mad, you know. Um, there, there's times where, where we fly hot under the collar, you know. Uh, used to, tra uh, trains were my biggest, like, pet peeve. I couldn't, man, I'd go around everybody, I'd fly over here and try to beat the train, I'd do this and I'd do that, and it's like, you know what? I might be going to get in a wreck up there. This train might be, be here for a reason. You know, maybe, maybe there's a reason I'm not there yet. And, you know, sometimes I might, you know, I might still go around it maybe a little bit sometimes. But a lot of times I'll just pull up there, put it in park, and just, just take a break. You know, this might be just the break you need. I don't know. You know, just a few minutes by yourself. Hey, talk to God. You're sitting there, ain't going nowhere. Use that opportunity. But things like that is we just got to lean on him and depend on him. And, uh, 
So I've, I've learned, and that's just kind of one thing, but different things, just, just learn to lean on him. Don't carry all that weight by yourself. He's okay. He wants you, um, me and Melissa talked about back before, is my prayer life's not as strong as it should be because sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm like, I don't want to bother God with this little stuff. He wants you to. He, want, he wants that relationship with you. You know, don't, don't think it's too small or I can handle this on my own. Or like, lean on him. He's right there. He wants you to do that. <coughs> All right, verse number six. In all thine ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That's all. Not some, but all. It said in all thine ways. That's what, in everything we do, we need to, we need to acknowledge him. Is that the verse wrong? Yeah, acknowledge him. Have fellowship with him in your life. You don't need to pick and choose. Brother Robbie does a great illustration with, on Sundays we put our jacket on, or we put our Jesus on. And we come in here and then we leave and we don't. We, we've got to carry that with us everywhere we go. He wants that relationship with us. And it's all the time, yep, in all thine ways, acknowledge him. Because he's the one that's directing our path. He's our shepherd. He's leading us the way we are supposed to be going. And the devotion, well, it'll make your path straight. He's leading you the way that you're supposed to go. And I like the illustration that they used a while back of the, the disciples out there on that boat. God was up on that mountain praying. He was watching them. They didn't know, but he was watching them. And that's what he's doing with us. You know, sometimes you don't realize why that road's crooked, but he's watching. He knows that's why you need to go there. And this happened to me the other day, and it was like a punch in the gut. And I was like, because I was so mad, I jumped in. I had to go move a bulldozer the other day. One of the other guys was supposed to move, it, and he didn't. I was aggravated I had to go do it because I was, I'm not lazy. I just, I was supposed to be somewhere else. So I was like, man, I got to go move it. I got to get in this truck Jump in the truck, I'm fixing to leave the shop, I need to be headed to Brooks County. I look down, the gas needle's only empty. I'm like, these guys act like they gotta pay for the diesel. And I, boy, I had me a little fit right here in the truck. I'm driving all the way over to Langdale Fuel, and I'm just, man, I ain't got time to be going over here. Got to go over here and do this, and blah, blah, blah. I get there, luckily there was a pump open. I come flying in there, blah, blah, jump out, put the key in there, the key ain't working. I'm stomping my foot. I mean, I need to be here, I need to be there. Doing all this stuff, and finally, about, I told the guy, I said, you have a problem with your key? He said, yeah, it took me three times. I was like, all right. Finally, it turned on. I went over there. I said, I don't know what's going on with this. I was just fussing it over there. I put the thing in there. I looked up. And there was a guy that used to come to church here standing at the log truck next to me. And he goes, hey, man. I said, hey, man. I said, I got to get this fuel running late this night. And he goes, yeah. He said, man, how's everything going at Calvary? I said, man, it's going good. He said, man, I've been struggling. He said, I need to get back down there. I said, well, man, talk to me about it. And, you know, he said he'd been going through a divorce, and he's going through this, and just, he's, I mean, just down. And I got to stand there and be encouraging to him. I said, man, the doors are still on. You know, don't, don't feel bad about this. You know, Paul's wife left him. You know, just went through, was able to be, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, be encouraging. But, <laughs> well, I don't know if his life with him or what. I mean, I threw it out there. I mean, you know, you try, I was trying to be encouraging, but, um, but, <laughs> That might not have been the right thing to say. I don't know. But anyway, you know, we stand there, you know, between two semis, and I got, we got to talk about Jesus, talking about church, doing all this. That might have been the encouragement he needed. I hope he comes today. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm going to be looking. And, you know, but it's like, if I wouldn't have to go get that diesel fuel that I was so pissed off about, I wouldn't have ever seen him there. You know? But it's like, it, it's funny how God will do something like that and then, huh? Okay, why are you looking at me funny? But, uh, but what I'm saying is that was a struggle 
that um that I was aggravated about. Maybe I should use a different word. But uh sorry. John one nine or something. I was I was in the moment, all right? I was pumping diesel again. Giving you the full illustration. Sorry, I'm not the normal teacher. If you're new today, <laughs> he'll be back next week. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, but what I'm saying, the thing that was aggravating me the most was blocking my view of what I could do for the Lord. And it's like, that's so many times we're aggravated in a situation and what, what we think we're supposed to be doing and we're over here is actually what we needed to be doing at the beginning. And it was just like, I got back in the truck, and I was just smiling all the way to Brooks County, like, you know what? I, I see you, God. I see you. You want me to go back and put some more fuel in it? I'll go put some more fuel in it, you know? Then I'm like, who else am I going to see? You know, now I'm looking, I'm like, all right, God, I got it. I'm clocked in now, baby. What are we doing? What are we doing? So, but stuff like that, because, you know, it does. It, it, you know, God has to, he has to give me a kick every now and then, you know? I'm hard-headed, so. And, uh. But that was a cool thing that happened to me. You know, it, it hurt, but it was like, okay, I, I got it. You know, and it, it fit right in this thing. I was like, yeah, he's, lead, he's leading my path, and I don't even realize it. All right, that was verse number six. Let's see if I can do better with number seven here. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. You don't always know best, but God knows all. He knows what we're going through and what we're fixing to go through. I, br- I brought up, um, I was talking to somebody. I, I might have done it from the pulpit or I might have done it back there talking, but I didn't realize as I was growing up, my granddad would get me and my dad would help me, get me to help him cook. And we would cook for all, my granddad used to cook for all, all kind of people. We'd have big cookouts all the time for Thanksgiving and, and he'd invite all these people. And so I've been used to cooking for hundreds of people and then we had the racetrack over in, in Douglas, and we would have to do them banquets and, and uh, get up and speak and, and talk to all the people and stand in front of, you know, hundreds of people and do all that. I didn't know God was preparing me to do this. You know, it's like some people can't do it, and I, I, I never knew I could. I just, a lot of times it was, here, Jesse, we need you to, you know, announce these drivers or do this or do that. You know, I was just thrown into it at the time. But it's funny, God was like, we're going to get you a little practice, boy. I got something for you later on. So a lot of times you're being prepared for a job that you don't even realize it. So now here I am cooking for the beast feast, talking to y'all this morning, cooking breakfast, doing all this stuff that I've been trained for 30-something years to do that I didn't even realize I was going to be doing for the Lord. So a lot of times, you know, God knows all. There's places, um, the part there at the end says, depart from evil. There's places we should go, we should not go, and things we shouldn't do. And most of us know what that is. And uh, you take it upon you, that's between you and the Lord. I ain't here to judge you, you do what you want. But one thing that I do that made it easy for me, especially starting out is, as, as a young Christian, well, should I go to that cookout? And I go, would I take Brother Robbie? Nope, well, I probably don't need to go. Different things like that. Well, should I go to this, this place and, and get a steak? Well, would I invite Brother Robbie to go? Probably shouldn't go. I mean, and, and that's the way I use it. And, and everybody has different ways. But if, if you're wondering on things like that, use that for example. Because it's hard. Jesus is going with you everywhere. So if you won't take the preacher physically, why are you going to take God spiritually? <laughs> so use that as a, as, a, 
as a fail-safe if, it were, if you need something to go by, and that's something I use. Anytime I'm invited to do things or go here or go there, and I'm just like, no. Most of the time I'm just like, no. But then if I'm on the fence, I'm like, if I can't take Brother Robbie, I ain't going. And that, that just, that'll, that'll help keep, keep you steered. That'll, that'll help you keep um, to depart from evil. And you know, you know your weaknesses. Uh, mine was alcohol. And, uh, you know, you come through the gas station, you get back there by the beer cave, you kind of, I pick it on up. I don't even slow down back there. Uh, you know, and different things. And you don't even realize, because of me testifying, there's two, okay, they're not in here. There's two guys that go to church here that have come up to me and said, one come at me the other day, he goes, I made 100 days, brother. I said, 100 days? He said, I've sober, been sober 100 days. I, Man, thank you, Lord. You know, that's something. He said, he said, if you can do it, I can do it. You know, another one come up to me the other day. He said, I made it four months. You know, and I'm just like, wow. You know, and, and it, I don't even realize I'm being encouraging by me being sober, what, what, six years now? You know, there's things you're doing that you don't know people are watching. And God's using you as an example and if you have that vice, don't be scared to talk about it. Tell others what God has helped get you through. You know, Frank does a lot about, you know, him get, God helping him get over drugs and stuff like that. There's people in here that have gotten over drugs that can relate with you, you know, and different things. It might not be that bad of an addiction. You know, there's plenty of other addictions and plenty of other vices that you have. That, but don't be scared to share them. Be vulnerable. There's other people out there that are vulnerable that need to hear that God will help get you through that. And I, I think it's amazing that he's letting me, you know, I'm seeing him work through me. It's just, you know, I, was just, I, I, I sat back there for a few minutes by myself and just got quiet and read over this and was just praying. I told God, I said, you know, I said, you let them atheists and them scientists and anyone them want to know try to, try to talk this out of what God's done to me. But, you know, you can't talk it out. You took an old drunk redneck from Lake Park, and you've turned him into somebody living for God. And there ain't no other reason or no other explanation other than God's grace and him dying on that cross on what he's done for me. And it ain't, you, can't, you can't figure that out other, any other way. That's something that prophet too. And I'll argue with you in a minute because there ain't no 12-step, no there ain't no none of this or class or none of that. This is God. So use that. And, and like I said, help others with their, with their addiction, especially if you've been through that walk. Because you can't talk to somebody that, that, you know, you couldn't have told me I needed to quit drinking. I wouldn't listen to you one bit. God had to do that. You've got to, you've got to have some want to, but you've got to let God do it. If not, you'll, you'll, you'll fall right back into it. But let's move on to verse number 8 here. I don't want to run out of time. It shall be health to thy uh, to thy navel and morrow to thy bones. Just like a mother and a child were connected, that, that's what I, I got from that navel part. We're connected with God. You know, everything that mama ate, that baby ate. God's got all that power and all that goodness that he wants to give to us, and we're connected directly to him. We don't have to talk to a priest. We don't have to talk to the preacher. We, we, are, we have got a direct line, just like that mama and baby were connected directly by that cord to their navel. We're connected directly to God. And there's, there's no reason or anything that you have to go through somebody else. Any prayer you need, any prayer request, anything you're asking for, any, any problem, anything, you go straight to him. Same way with thanks. You don't have to get up here on a platform or on Facebook on a billboard and thank God. Thank him right there, right by yourself. 
He speaks in a still small voice, and we can too. We don't, you don't have to shout it, which we should. We should worship and shout it from the mountaintops. But if you're riding down the road and you think of something that God's done for you, just say, thank you, Lord. He's listening. He'll hear you. But you have that connection. I'm so thankful for that, that we don't have to. Um, a lot of people, and that's what I, I tell people, you know, they, they ask me one time, how many people have you baptized? I say, I don't know. It don't matter. It ain't about me. You know, how many people you led the Lord? I have no idea. It ain't about me. Jesus saved them. I didn't. And we got to make sure that we tell people that just because somebody, you know, I led them to the Lord or Jake, which Jake led me to the Lord or whatever, but it doesn't matter about that person. It's about Jesus because if that person or that preacher or that priest or whatever, if they, if they fall, then you'll want to question your salvation. And it's like, oh, well, they, they, they did that for me, and then now they've messed up. No. You are, have a connection straight with the Lord. That's all been dealt with 2,000 years ago on that cross. You and him have a complete connection, and there's nothing that can break it. Like he says, nobody can pluck you from, from his hand. We're his. If you're saved in here, you're his. So you don't have to worry about that anymore. And it talks about uh, marrow, or marrow, however you say it. It's inside the bones, just like the Holy Spirit's inside of us. The, the marrow in your bones is what keeps your bones healthy and helps, and helps grow and nutrients and all that. And that's what the Lord does inside of you. He's your comforter, let's say, your comforter, and he refreshes you. I know when I got saved, it was like this huge weight was just lifted off my shoulders. It, it, you can't explain it. it. It was just that feeling. And there's times where God will come into your life, and he'll do things, and you'll just feel that weight lifted. That's that comforter. That's that, that's that healing inside of us. He knows how. There's things I had fell off that, that same low boy trailer I was complaining about the other day or this morning. Let me get this right. I want to drop another one. And, uh, but I, I, it was uh, cold, and it had ice on it. I fell off the trailer. I landed on my hand. And uh, there was a lot of me coming down, I'll tell you that right now. And uh, what was it? All the tendons? Is that what happened? All my tendons were tore. I went up there, and they told me, they said, you're going to be out of work, what was it, three months? Yeah, three to six months. We got to have surgery. I couldn't even hardly move that thing. And uh, I think I waited a day and I uh, put a little brace on and we went up there to the doctor and I saw Dr. Bearden up there and he said, he said, you can leave it alone and you might be able to use it a little bit. He said, or you let me operate. He said, you got a week. He said, you, we got to fix it in a week or you just got to go on with it. And uh, he, I said, well, how bad? He said, you ain't going to be able to use your hand for three to six months. I said, well, man, I, I, I got to work. We ain't got no, I ain't got no insurance. We ain't got none of that stuff. What are we gonna do? You know, he said. He said, I don't know. I'm, I'm telling you, I couldn't. I couldn't, and I, I'm right-handed. I, I mean, I'm trying to put my britches on one hand. I mean, you know, what I mean, you can't do nothing left-handed if you're right-handed. I can't. I can't. But my, I couldn't do nothing. I'm just like, what am I gonna do? I told Melissa. I said, let's go home and pray about it. I said, I don't. I'd already, I was talking to uh, Brock that works with us. I told him, I said, I seen them football players that, that got them, uh, it's kind of like their knee braces, but them arm braces got the metal bar that goes down the side. I said, we might rig something up with like a hook up there, you know, and maybe I could <laughs> shift a gear or something with it, with it bolted to my elbow back there. And I said, we got to, let's see if we can figure something out before I decide. And uh, we prayed about that thing. And uh, let's see, that was the third day. The next day, it was, it was hurting. Fourth day, I woke up. Well, no pain. It was gone. 
it ain't hurt. I mean, you know, it hurts sometimes. But I'm saying it was, I went right back to work. Four days after falling out. Now explain that to me. Surgery in three months, three to six months out. Tell me he ain't the healer. And I mean, that, that's proof right there. Now, like I said, sometimes I do feel a little bit of pain, but it ain't, I, I can't explain it. Just give it to him. That's all I know to do. But there's stuff he'll do for you and just miracles you'll see in your own life. Share them. All y'all know that now. That's something God did. Praise him for it. But he's a comforter and he'll refresh us. Let's go to uh, verse number nine. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Substance, that's possessions. It's all his to start with. Give God the glory he deserves. He's trusting us with 90. He only asked for 10 back. You know what I mean? It's like, he, you know, we all get up tight, and, and I'm one of them. That's what we started, you know, started coming. Like I said, I don't have a much background in church, so I was like, they got to, went through one thing. It's talking about tithing, and I was like, I got to do, I got to do what? And then I was like, well, you know what? And we started giving, and you ain't going to outgive God. It's going to mess with you to start with because, you, you, you know, there was, there was times uh, when I had my own business, there was one Christmas. Goodness, I'd, I was working for one company, and I swapped over, and the company I was working for, they paid every week. I was, I had no problem. I'm making plenty of money, everything's good. And then uh, I wanted to come off a night shift, so I went to another company, and uh, I was going to pay the same in days and all, but they, I didn't realize it. And I went the next week, turned my bill in, and they said, okay. They said, we pay on 30 days. I said, oh, my gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> what are we going to do? Boy, we were down We were down there, what was it, like a week before Christmas. We had all the bills paid. We were down to $200. We was, we was cooking all the deer meat we had. What you got in the pantry? We were like, all right, let's try this new recipe. What do we got? <laughs> Which is crazy. I mean, I had like, you know, $10,000 coming on, on, you know, on like the first, you know, the th- end of 30 days. I had money, but it's like, it, it ain't, there ain't none. You got to trust God. Somebody in this church I don't know who it was. <laughs> there was an envelope in that back with my name on it with $200 cash in it for Christmas. I mean, we, <laughs> I pawned my necklace, and we pawned, I think, uh, a ring, different things, going to buy our youngest Christmas, and somebody put it, $200 in an envelope back there for Christmas. And it's like, God will take care of you. People of God will take care of you when you don't even realize it. But just trust him. It's his to start with. And we were tithing back then. That was one of the bills we paid. We tithed. We didn't, we didn't say we'll do that when, when we get money. But it's like, it may have been down to the wire, but he didn't let us go without. And uh, that, that's a story I'll never forget. And that was me and Melissa. We had got married, what, in that November. I said, well, honey, I know you ain't in it for the money. <laughs> I said, which we joke. I was like, if you won't live in a cardboard box with your wife, you ain't got the right one. I told her, I said, we might, I'm kind of big. We might need two boxes. But, uh, no. <laughs> but that's the truth. You, you know, we get so caught up in this materialistic stuff and all this. You know, just trust in the Lord. Give. Do sometimes just give something. When you get, get us extra money, give something and see if he don't give it back. Yeah, but them church boxes are amazing. I mean, people, I'm seeing money just show up for no reason. And we're putting in the box. I mean, just just off the wall things, you know. It's like, well, man, you get no. Just keep that, you know. Just different things. I'm just like, 
it, I'm like, okay, God, I, I, box money, you know. So, so if you're not involved in that, get involved in that. And like I said, don't use your money. Don't use, like Brother Robbie said, don't use any dollar out of your normal budget for them church plants. God will just start, pray, for, pray to God, tell him to give you some extra money to help plant a church. And it'll start showing up. It's crazy. It's, it's amazing. It, it'll, it'll bless your heart. All right. We got through that. Now let's go to number 10. Last one here. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. That kind of goes along with verse number 9. But a lot of times, and I'm not fussing at your giving. That's, that's between you and God. You do what you want. But God's not going to trust you with a lot until you're happy with a little. You've got, you've, he's got to see that you're responsible enough to take care of a little. Brother Robbie used a good illustration. You know, well, if I made as much money as that guy, I could give more to the church. Well, if you gave more to the church now, he might give you as much money as that guy. And, it, you know, it's hard to fathom that. And it's like, like I just said, once you realize it's all God's to start with, You'll take, you'll take that, that ownership of that money and, and it'll get out of your head and it'll be a lot easier to turn loose of. And it's like once you, once you go through a few struggles and you see how God will just pull you out of it and that he's there with you, you you'll, be free, you'll freely give. And the blessings, I told somebody the other day, I had, um, they had helped me with something and they didn't want to get paid. And I, was, I said, no, I'm going to give you some money. I said, I, you went over and beyond. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay you. No, it ain't not. And I, I got them. I tricked them. I need to go pick up a truck. I said, give me a ride to go get my truck, man. And we got up there, and I was like, man, I'm gonna, I want to give you this. I appreciate what you've done. You didn't have to do that. And I said, oh, man, it ain't no problem. And I went and handed him an envelope. And he's like, man, no, no, no. I said, man, you ain't taking my blessings. I threw it in there shut the door. <laughs> I was like, you're taking my money. But when you give, God's going to give you stuff back. So when someone's trying to give you a blessing, take it. That's their, 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 don't steal their blessing from God. Let them be a blessing. It, it was real hard for me to take that money that was given to me back there. But that helped me in a hard time. But it was somebody else that got the blessing for that. That was a blessing to me. But they got the blessings for being a blessing. And the blessing, and the blessing, and the blessing. All the blessings. But, um, so, don't be afraid to give and don't be afraid to receive. Because a lot of times, we're real hard, we're, we're too prideful. But God might have laid it on that person's heart to help you. So don't don't be don't be scared to take that and let them get their blessing. But um, that pretty much wraps up my lessons. Hey, right on time. But th I thought this was a very good lesson. I thank Melissa's grandmother for giving me these verses. But it's just it's a good way. And verse four kind of is the title of it for me. Is you know how to find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. You go over them verses right there, and you should be getting some good favor with with God and man. So. Read back, feel free to read back through that. Um, like I said, trust on him, lean on him. He knows all, acknowledge him. You know, he knows everything. He's going to get you through it. He's your comforter. He refreshes you. You know, it's all his to start with. Just love him and trust him with it. Well, thank you all for letting me teach. Uh, let's pray and we'll go on to, our, uh, uh, to the service. Lord, thank you for another opportunity to be here in your house, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to teach. Thank you for this Bible you give us, Lord, that we take for granted, Lord. There's so many places in the world that, that ain't even allowed to have a Bible and don't even, don't even get to say your word out loud without face, facing persecution, Lord. We got it so good here and don't even realize it. Thank you for everything you give me, Lord. Uh, thank you for all the people here that bless my heart, Lord, and help me be a blessing to them. Lord, thank you for my family. Thank you for the help. Lord, thank you for all the friends here. Thank you for all the men that showed up early and, 
and made this morning happen, Lord. Be with the preacher in his travels and be with the preacher uh, with Dalton this morning as he brings your word. Fill the choir up with your Holy Spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.